Investor 27 for Investments. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. Now, Nadir, let's start by taking a look at the impact of this Chinese turmoil on the Federal Reserve and, of course, those um, uh, expectations, they're still running high. Yeah, you know, Sakina, I think the bottom line is that uh, the, the, the Federal Reserve seems to be a key sort of uh, thing that the market is watching in terms of when interest rates in the, in, in the U.S. are going to be moving upwards because there's obviously been a lot of flow of financial capital into emerging markets on the back of, uh, you know, very, very accommodative monetary policy out of the U.S. and out of the, um, you know, Western economic superpowers in general. And, uh, you know, obviously when we see a reversal in that monetary policy, uh, policy we could see a reversal of, uh, you know, the, the, the massive flows we've seen into emerging markets, and we could see, um, you know, a, another bout of volatility be precipitated, you know, after the bout of volatility we saw last week. So, but, you know, I think the bottom line is that the U.S. economy has been fairly robust for some time now. We saw uh, GDP numbers coming out for the second quarter on Friday, and we saw an exceptionally uh, positive number of 3.7% growth for the second quarter. We're seeing uh, the jobs numbers becoming well entrenched, about 200,000 jobs being added a month, and uh, the unemployment rate um, falling well, well, falling below 5.5% and consistently remaining there. So the economic data out of the U.S. seems to be really robust and supportive of an interest rate hike. The one problem and the one major caveat is that inflation remains uh, significantly below the Federal Reserve's 2% target. Now, um, you know, in terms of the turmoil in China, what we've seen happening is that, uh, you know, we've seen a massive sell-off in the Chinese stock market because of uh, uh, rumors of, 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 of a bubble forming uh, because of an aggressive run-up before that. And as a result of that, and we're seeing uh, concerns about a slowdown in China as well, you know, with economic growth coming under a bit of pressure and policymakers' reaction, uh, you know, seeming to be not too clear within the region. So on the back of that, we've seen massive inflows into safe haven assets, and we've seen the dollar, um, you know, appreciate aggressively. We've seen that against the rand at, you know, at one point touching 14 uh, rand to the dollar and pulling back a little bit from those levels but still remaining really weak against the dollar. And we've seen that against the pound where we've seen the pound appreciate massively as well. No surprise, it's the two economies which are probably in the best shape globally and on track to uh, tighten monetary policy um, in terms of the first developed markets at least to tighten monetary policy uh, moving forward. Now, you know, obviously the strength of the dollar has resulted in uh, expectations that uh, inflation is going to dampen even further and move further away from the 2% target. And, uh, you know, I think uh, that could pose a significant problem for the Fed in terms of maintaining the robust economic growth we're seeing coming out of the U.S. economy, um, you know, if we see inflation coming under a bit of pressure. So I think the Chinese market turmoil is really about an impact on inflation. And we saw central bank governors meeting at Jackson Hole on Friday. And uh, while they, they attempt to put on a, a brave face in terms of, uh, you know, remaining fairly ambivalent to what's happening in, in, in China with regards to the pace of their um, monetary policy transition, um, you know, you're starting to see divide come in at the Federal Reserve. You're seeing dovish members of the community, of the, of the Federal Reserve Committee at least, uh, you know, talking about 
about stimulus being added to the system, you know, rather than just delaying an interest rate hike. So there's undoubtedly division uh, within the within the Federal Reserve, and there's significant pressure on them um, from other Reserve Bank governors, particularly those of emerging markets such as those of India, um, you know, to say that uh, hiking interest rates at a time of turmoil would be somewhat irresponsible and, and, and could, uh, could lead to further market panic on from what we've seen last week. So difficult times ahead for the Federal Reserve, Sakina. Certainly is. And uh, just looking at what we were expecting out today, the current account data, um, what are you thinking we should look out for there, uh, Nadir? Yeah, I think the one big concern is that previously, uh, you know, when the rent has uh, suffered a significant slide, as it has year to date this year, I mean, if we look at 2001, um, you know, when the rent came uh, to these levels uh, previously, um, you know, it was export-led growth that sort of uh, got, us, uh, got us out of economic trouble again. You know, because of the weak rent, our exports seemed to be really, really cheap. And as a result of that, um, you know, our exports were boosted significantly because of a weaker rent. The concern this time is that exports are not being boosted on the back of a weaker rand simply because um, you know the business business confidence is, is is really really low and we're talking about touching multi-decade lows and uh, you know the consumer is in a highly constrained position and the eurozone economies are sort of bubbling along and there's a, a forecast much weaker growth from uh, the Chinese markets in terms of importing what South Africa has to export like uh, raw materials now the concern was that is that if if uh, we're not benefiting from the, on the export side from the much, much weaker rand, um, you know, our current account deficit will, uh, you know, it will improve on the margin from higher, uh, the, the higher rand making uh, imports more costly and as a result importing less. So, you know, I think we're going to see a marginal improvement sort of in the current account deficits um, simply because we're going to be importing less, not exporting much more. But the bottom line is that that's not how we want to be reducing this equation, Sakina. We want to get manufacturing uh, and industrial output going again, and we want to see exports rising in order to, de- in order to get economic growth going again, um, coupled along with the, the, a reduction in the current account deficit. So a reduction in the current account deficit, but simply because we're going to see significantly less imports because it's a lot costlier to import goods at uh, over 13 rand to the dollar. And then one of the interesting stories, always NASPERS. What's been happening there lately, Nadir? Yeah, so, you know, there's obviously been a lot of turmoil in the stock. You know, we've seen it uh, come under a bit of pressure and probably selling off around uh, 12 to 13% from its peak a couple of months ago. And that's obviously on the back of what's been going on in China and its significant exposure to Tencent over there and the Chinese consumer through Tencent. And uh, obviously Tencent in Hong Kong trading has come under significant pressure um, as the Chinese market has come under pressure. And, uh, you know, we see management actively trying to sort of calm the market market down over its Chinese exposure and mentioning that it's still a very, very high volume, um, sort of low turnover, uh, high volume, um, small transaction kind of business, you know, which is not going to be that impacted by um, a slowdown in the Chinese, uh, you know, a, a marginal slowdown in the Chinese economy and a stock market route in China. And uh, at the end of the day, we see the, uh, we see the CEO trying to calm down the market saying that, uh, you know, it's uh, the China is trying to tra- transform from an 
investment-led economy to a consumption-led economic growth model, and ultimately that's positive for the 10 cent platform over in that economy. Now, you know, I think uh, some of the challenges we're starting to see in, in, in NASPA space is that, you know, we're seeing significantly higher returns on equities in, in, in businesses such as Netflix, and we've seen how popular video on demand has been in the U.S., and um, NASPA's business model is obviously coming under quite a big threat, um, you know, from video on demand services coming into Africa. So their latest investment has been a $65 million investment into what they call Showmax, which is a video on demand service, and they expect it to break even around 2017, although analysts say, um, you know, more realistic targets around 2022 from Showmax. So, you know, I think some of the concerns they face there is that fixed line investment in terms of streaming that content is very, very low in Africa, and uh, probably South Africa is the, the leader in that space with about 1 million fixed lines um, already in place. So, you know, I think uh, the bottom line is that the market should have a fair amount of confidence in the investments NASPERS make. I mean, they've been phenomenally successful with a $32 million investment in Tencent transforming to something like a 55 or 50 billion rand, in the, or 30, sorry, 32 billion rand dollar investment, uh, you know, a couple of years later. And the same with Mail.ru transforming to a significant um, investment after being made about 10 years ago. So I think the market has confidence in, in uh, the NASPERS, come, uh, NASPERS board's vision, and I think, uh, you know, video vision is going to be value accretive over the long term, although we're going to have to see uh, better fixed lines in terms of streaming the content in Africa, and NASPERS has already talked about partnering with telecoms uh, uh, providers to provide a sort of mobile internet to, for the rollout of Showmax. It's going to be interesting. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers. It's nine minutes before seven. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. The South African.